the criminal justice system, job scams are considered especially prolific. In college, the dedicated advisors who investigate these schemes are members of an elite squad known as Career Services. These are their stories. Jordan Bell, and this is First You Hustle, the podcast from the Columbus College of Art and Design meant to help students and budding creative professionals put their expertise to use. Today, I'm going to let you know about job scams, everything from the flat out illegal to the might be legal, but pretty sketchy. Basically, how to detect when something is too good to be true. Then we'll flip the tables and talk about something positive. So my name is Emma Burns, and I am interning at L Brands. I'm going into my junior year. I only have three semesters left, and I am an intern for the concept design team. Emma will take us through her experience this summer working for Bath and Body Works and how she wound up discovering a whole line of work she didn't know she'd love and be good at. I have just fallen in love with concepting, and everyone on my team is really passionate about it, too. When I first met my manager, he's like, you kind of got... Um, the lucky diamond tier because every single designer wants to be in concepting. So we're talking tricks and trends today. Stay with us. Welcome back to another episode of First You Hustle. This semester, we're highlighting a few internships from this past summer from real CCAD students. Hoping that this will share some of those specific details about what internship work is really like that you can't very well ask in an interview or with a recruiter. You know, like, what do you actually do in an internship? What's your role in the creative process? What do you get to see? Who do you get to work with? You never really know until you go through it. So our conversation with Emma Burns, a junior advertising and graphic design major at CCAD, will walk you down that path and give you a little bit of that inside insight. But before we do that, grab your tweed hat and magnifying glass because we're talking job scams. That's right, they're out there, and they cross all fields, and certain types might prey on creative talent, but these are pretty ubiquitous. Some aren't even scams, they're just raw deals, and we'll talk about that too. I'll take you through examples of the flat-out illegal to the ones that are just best avoided, whether technically illegal or not. And before we jump in, know that our job board at ccadcareers.com has a few levels of vetting. We can stand behind the job board as being free of malicious scams, like what we're about to describe, because we monitor every new employer and every new posting. And the software we use also does deeper checks to see if we are being duped by those looking to dupe you. So our job board is heavily vetted, but not all. And certainly places like Facebook, Craigslist, your email, and other sites are not vetting job announcements as well. So let's look at some common scams. Look out for vague descriptions or a quick hire. If you see a job announcement with few details, a promise for quick cash, or an announcement that only emphasizes compensation and convenience, it's likely a scam. You may think, hey, I'll do it, and then if I feel a scam coming on, I'll run. But actually, your money and the scammer are usually long gone before you even know it. And here's how it works. The scammer may give you checks to deposit into your bank account and then ask you to reroute some of it to their other business accounts. They say, I need you to be my financial manager. They operate several entities and they need someone to manage cash flow. So they send you a check for, let's say, $5,000 and ask you to deposit it, but then send $4,000 to their account and you get to keep the $1,000. Sounds like a pretty good deal, easy way to make money. So you do it, you deposit the check, and then you tell the bank, please send $4,000 to this other account. And you do that easy peasy, right? Well, no, because banks need to verify that the funds from the check are actually legitimate 
and they're not transferring the money from the check, they're transferring money from your actual account. So in this case, while the bank's reviewing the check, they send the $4,000 to the scammer, but then they decide, or they find out this check is illegitimate, so you don't get any of the $5,000 funds, which also includes your $1,000 that was promised. But by that time, you're already out $4,000, and the scammers have your money, and they're long gone. And for most of us, that means if we just sent $4,000 to someone, we're probably overdrawn on our account big time. And this is really hard to fix, and usually you're on the hook for that money. You owe the bank that money. And it's hard to find the scammers. It's rarely caught. Police don't even prosecute these types of things because they're so hard to prosecute, and they happen so often. By the time you or the bank realizes something is wrong, your money and the scammer are long gone. But not all are check scams. I mean, those are pretty easy to tell. If they say, hey, we need you to deposit money into your personal bank account, you know to run away right away. But if it isn't a check scam, that vague, too-good-to-be-true announcement is likely phishing for your personal information. So it might be some job, it could be any job, and you apply to it, and instantly you get an email saying, hey, we looked at your credentials, you're awesome, you're hired. Please set up direct deposit with us so that we can start paying you. Which means you have to send them your personal bank account information, along with the routing information. Well, see you later, money. And maybe they ask that they, they need a background check. So they need information for that. Addresses, social security number. Well, bye-bye identity. And do know that direct deposit and background checks are common when you get hired, but only after interviewing and getting a firm job offer. These things are never done over email. They are forms you'll submit directly to the Human Resources Office on the site at your job. And if you aren't doing a check scam, and they aren't phishing for personal information, they may just be seeking money from you directly. They'll ask you to pay an application fee. Don't, you'll never hear back. They ask you to pay to take a test and certify for the job. You shouldn't do that either. If you needed a certification, it would be stated in the job description and you'd coordinate that yourself with the certifying body, not with the employer directly. In short, just don't send an employer money. You don't need to spend a dime to get hired. So put your guard up if you see job announcements that are too vague, sound like a quick way to make money, or that quickly decide to hire you without really interviewing you or seeing your qualifications. In that case, they're not looking you at you as an employee, they're looking at you as a product. Somewhat related, but also look out for announcements from recognized employers that don't quite look right. You know, something like this, you see a email job announcement, hiring animators, contact us at DisneyJobsNow at Yahoo.com. I mean, Yahoo, reputable companies do not use Yahoo, Gmail, or other personal email services. They have at company.com style email addresses. The only exceptions might be startups, but even then, it's so easy to set up an at company.com style email domain that you should be suspicious of anything else. Also, look out for sites like DisneyJobsNow.com, DisneyJobsNow.net. You know, something just a little bit off that might indicate it could be a fake site and they're looking to fish information from you. You can always vet companies that are hiding behind reputable company names in a couple ways. The easiest is to go to the official page of the company. So in this case, go to the Disney website, type it in yourself. Don't click a link that was sent to you. Scroll down towards the bottom. You can usually find the careers page or the work with us or employment opportunities link at the bottom of the page and note where it takes you. If it didn't take you to the same site that was advertised in that email announcement, then you know it was a scam. Or you can always call the company to verify the posting or person hiring is legitimate. Disney is a bad example of this because they're so big and they might not list a hiring contact. You can't just really call Disney. But a job announcement might say something like this. Hi, I'm a consultant with the Ohio Arts Council and I need an executive assistant. And they ask you to email their personal account. And that's a little suspicious, but okay, if they're a consultant working with a company, then Maybe you would be emailing their Gmail address, so you might think, all right, this one might be legitimate, but to really be sure, why not just give Ohio Arts Council a call? And you can say, hey, this person said that they were a consultant with you, and they're hiring, and if they say, yes, that person is legitimate, then you can proceed, 
if they don't know who they are, then, you know, delete that or let them know that you get that sort of message. And this actually happened to me recently in this job at CCAD. A couple came in, they wanted to hire film and video students to shoot a pilot for a TV show. They said they just sold to a local TV affiliate. I called the affiliate and they had never heard of these folks. They even said, we actually don't buy TV shows. They would need to pay us to air it. You know, that's why you have those paid programming things on, on the air. Were these people scamming? I mean, not likely. More likely from the feeling I got is that they just didn't know how the TV business worked. They oversold the commitment and affiliation with the station, and they wanted some cheap, easy labor to film their pilot. So not the best of intentions, but it was more ignorance than conniving. And that's just as bad for you if you're looking for a job. So if I wanted to work for them and get some experience, uh, they had oversold that experience. And when I showed up, I would have realized that, oh, this isn't an actual sold TV show legitimate production that I'm working on. I'm just sort of building a pilot in the hopes that they get to sell it. So do your homework. Check out a person or company background before applying when you are concerned. If you come across any of the above scenarios, contact career services to discuss it before applying. Once you see a few bad apples, it gets really easy to see the rest. But if you are starting your job search and you're seeing some things that are concerning you, let me know. But a lot of job scams are in a gray area, especially in the freelance world. Our fifth episode, The Art of Business, covers freelance in more depth with tips on how to go about freelancing in a way that protects you. In most cases, it isn't a scam that gets you. It's just a bad deal. You know, it's a person who is maybe willingly or ignorantly taking advantage of the fact that you signed a really bad contract or didn't sign a contract at all. In freelance, remember that you are not an employee. You are a service. So work should be done on your terms that you agree to and ideally terms that you propose. Now, freelancing with established companies, they might have a a boilerplate contract that they have you sign, but when you're working with individuals, it might be on you to create that contract, and you should take that initiative to do so. And even if someone presents you with a contract, go through it very thoroughly to make sure that everything is in your best interest. Get everything in writing, and again, I highly encourage you to go listen to that episode, episode number five, The Art of Business, because we go into this topic in much more depth, and if you're thinking about freelancing, That's really something that you should listen to and then talk to us about the do's and don'ts. Lastly, some other things to remember. Our office doesn't permit employers to canvas campus. If someone's just walking around hiring or posting posters with job announcements that do not have an approved stamp from the college, be suspicious. Let us know. We can help you determine if it is legitimate. But much like vague postings that are quick to hire, if you strike up a conversation with someone and they suddenly have a job opportunity for you, that's a little odd. No one will hire you instantly within minutes of meeting you. They'll ask you to follow up with them, apply online, or continue the conversation in a more formal setting if they are legit. But if they just chat you up on the quad and suddenly have a job opportunity for you, keep your guard up. Honestly, they they might be trying to pick you up. They chat with you to find the in. Oh, you're an illustrator? I'm working on a children's book. Oh yeah, I'd love to get your opinion on the concept. Maybe you could do some illustrations. Come by my home studio tonight and we can look at it together. There are a few big red flags with this. One, meeting at someone's house. Always meet in a public space during business hours to go over business. If you need to meet at a home, you know, let's say they said, oh, I want you to do, help me with a home remodel job. Well, try to go during the day. Let someone know where you'll be and when you'll be back. And if you really feel unsafe, take a friend and just call them your assistant. But even for home remodeling, the first meeting should be done somewhere public to review terms, go over the work needed, and just kind of talk things out. Then you can do a follow-up meeting on site if needed. The second big red flag, they want you to work for them, but didn't even see your portfolio or look out for this too. They can't really describe what they needed. So in the case of the book, you might say like, 
oh, what's your children's book about? And they just kind of, you know, vaguely say, oh, you know, it's about a whatever. And they, they don't quite have it fleshed out. Then, you know, it's not legitimate or that home remodel, like, oh, what sort of concept are you going for? And they're just like, oh, I don't know. I just want you to look at it and kind of give me some tips on that. If they haven't really thought it through, then they might not be serious about it. You know, because unfortunately, it shouldn't be that easy to get hired. I wish it were, but you need to earn positions because you have strong credentials and a great portfolio. So if they don't look at either of those things, then why would they hire you? And you should really ask yourself that question if you feel like this is too easy. This pays too well. It came to me unsolicited. I didn't know this person or asked to get job announcements from this site or this company. And suddenly they're begging me to work for them. That should put up some red flags. But again, come talk to us. And we can help you work through whether it is or is not a legitimate work opportunity. I want to get into the interview with Emma so that we can actually talk about something positive. Uh, So I'm not going to go into too much depth about pyramid schemes, but I did want to mention it. I feel like pyramid schemes, also known as multi-level marketing schemes, multi-level marketing entities, are fairly common. And most people are aware that they're a bad deal. But if you're unsure, I highly encourage you to look up information about multi-level marketing or pyramid scheme and be able to recognize when there is a job opportunity that's actually one of those schemes. Basically, the bottom line is if you get one of those job announcements that says, get sales experience, learn marketing experience, you know, start your own business, work on your own terms, and you have to buy product and then make your money back, that is likely a pyramid scheme. You're likely not going to make your money back. You're likely going to try to make your money back by buying more and more product and you're just going to get deeper into the scheme. It's really a sales job and sales jobs are tough. And if you're not a salesperson, I would say just walk away. Okay. Out with the bad, in with the good. Want to hear what a good, legitimate work experience is like? Well, Emma Burns, a junior advertising and graphic design student, sat down with me and talked about her summer experience at L Brands. Here's our conversation. So my name is Emma Burns, and I am interning at L Brands. I'm going into my junior year. I only have three semesters left, and I am an intern for the concept design team. Specifically, I said I was L Brands, but I'm in Bath and Body Works. I was with them as they were working on their summer ideas for 2019, um, because Bath and Body Works is a very storytelling company. So they always come up with like a story, um, a specific person, a girl. Um, They say her, which is our customer, her or she, um, and they give her a trip to go on or a place to go to um, to really get the vibe for what the ingredients should be or the packaging should look like. Um, So I was with them as they did the entire summer concepts, and I can't tell you what the summer concepts were. Um, I can tell you what they aren't. They were originally going to do this idea for a van life kind of thing because um, a lot of people are packing up and living from their van and just kind of traveling. And so they thought this was a big trend they could hop on. And so for pretty much the entire summer, they were like, this is the best idea ever. This is great. We were getting a bunch of props. I even printed out a life-size van and cut it out and mounted it for their display. Um, And pretty much at the last moment or the last couple of weeks before this was due, they pitched it. Super fast-paced movement. What what was their reason when they said, we're not going to do this anymore? Did they just say, we're not doing it? And we need to move on, or was there there was so there's no reason. They were like the the um their display wasn't coming together 
fast enough. Um, the trends that they're finding just weren't matching up. Mm-hmm. Um, the big van, um, they kind of felt that they were so focused on the van specifically that they weren't, um, they were kind of blurring their ultimate goal, which was like a summer nostalgic kind of feel. Um, so they pretty much pitched it. It just wasn't, they just were trying too hard for it. Mm-hmm. And they yeah. figured that it was better to leave it behind than to struggle the whole way. Yeah. Okay. So that was one of the ideas that they pitched. Um, but I watched them creative problem solve through it all. I watched, well, first off, I watched it from beginning to end. So I got to see an entire concept um, throughout the whole process. So when when you go with a concept like the the beach van, or not the beach van, but the uh, just the van thing, are you, do you come into that concept with like, we know we want to do this thing around a van, or are you there even before where it's like, just throw out ideas? Like, how did, how did the van come about? Was it like the market research is in, it's a van, or was it just people sort of thinking organically of like, what would be cool to do? Um, so to start a concept, you come up with ideas and then you look for trends that support them. So yeah, it's pretty much just like throw like oh I've seen this. I think it's a mm-hmm. popular theme. And then you look at trends, and um, usually they either support you or they don't support you. Um, so I'm sure they were like oh like I know a bunch of and they're trying to they're also trying to um, open their customer base to my age group. So like well they consider me Gen X, but I consider myself a millennial. Like the butt end of millennial. It doesn't really matter, yeah, but that yeah, age group. You're kind of in between, yeah. Um, so, because their age group is like really young girls or older women, and the customer base kind of falls off in this area that I'm in. And I even told them, like, yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a Bath and Body Works fan at all. Well, it, it, but that's probably a good reason for them to to have you on the team, you right? Know, yeah, we, they're we, like, they're like, oh, give us your opinions, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to get like fired for not <laughs> loving Bath and Body Works. They're like, no, 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 no. like we want to know why. My first assignment being there was my manager told me to go down to the store and he was like, write down everything you think of when you see stuff. Um, Don't be afraid to say what you don't like and what you do like. And I was kind of cautious at first because um, I'm not a Bath and Body Works customer at all. I didn't want to be like, oh, I hate Bath and Body Works. But I went down and I wrote what I did like and what I don't like. And then other comments, I was just suggesting things that I think would help their brand. Um, For example, I said that they're not Leaping Bunny approved, which is basically they're not animal cruelty free, which is a big thing. Um, So is Leaping Bunny a like body that certifies? Yeah, they're like a company that certifies different brands. Um, I mean, Bath and Body Works, they don't test on animals, but they sell to Asia and they require testing on animals, which is why they're not Leaping Bunny approved. Mm. So there's kind of like a blurry line there. Um, I also put how clean beauty is um, becoming a huge trend, which is why Lush is trending so um, fast because they're like um, without packaging, you know, recyclable packaging if they do have it. And what's Lush? Lush is a competitor for Bath & Body Works. They're like a body brand. They make bath bombs and hair gel and body Mm -hmm. lotion, stuff like that. It's like Bath and Body Works, but like the hippy dippy Bath and Body Works. Okay, but it's a brick and mortar store. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so just things like that. I wrote down suggestions that I thought would, you know, like appeal to me specifically. And they really wanted to know about my age group. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm always like, wow, okay. And are you someone that just naturally keeps up with trends 
anyway? Or was that something you kind of had to force yourself to do? Like, I need to go look at what my peers are into because I'm not sure. I dabbled in trends. I mean, it's just kind of fun to watch like news stories or keep up with like certain celebrities or different beauty products. And I'm a huge beauty fan, uh, like a huge makeup fan. Mm-hmm. So, um, so it wasn't that hard. Um, I think the hardest part was just to keep going and looking at the same things over and over again. Cause usually I'm just like, Oh, that's cute. And then just won't ever think about it again. Mm-hmm. But during this internship, I was forced to. But the big thing that I've been working on for the rest of the summer, I was given the concept um, project to do Halloween for 2019. Um, and they're like, oh, this, we think this really fits you. It seems like you're super excited. And Bath and Body Works doesn't do Halloween. And if they do, it's really small. It's like one table out of their whole store. And I was like, wow, well, kids my age love Halloween. Like, I, I see Halloween posts in June, so... I feel like that you guys are missing out on a lot. And they're like, well, that's perfect. That's what we're going to put you on. Mm-hmm. So I can't tell you what I did go with for Halloween, but I can tell you what I didn't go with Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, so originally I came up with three ideas and then two ideas. One was a dollhouse idea and the other was a circus idea. And I was really excited. And then another idea that I can't tell you. Mm-hmm. Um I was really excited for the circus idea because I thought this was perfect for Halloween um, and I kept seeing a lot of trends. Um, They also come up with like catchy names for their themes that they do. So my circus one was going to be called Fun House. And like I said, there was a bunch of trends like It, Chapter 2 is coming out in 2019. Um, Dumbo, the live action film is coming out in 2019. Wonder Park, which is about kind of like a a theme park. Mm And then there was a designer. He recently did a fashion show, and it was all circus-themed, all of his clothes. The area was like a circus tent. Mm -hmm. So all these trends that were supporting this, so I was super excited. And then my other one I called Playtime. So it was going to be like a dollhouse tea party, but like creepy kind of thing. Like Lolita is kind of an aesthetic. And a couple of trends that I found out, or that I found while researching was that like, um, a designer called Christian Siriano was doing a whole line based off of like Barbie doll and the tea party thing. There was a bar that just opened up called Through the Drinking Glass. Um, Toy Story 4 comes out in 2019, but it's kind of all centered around Bo Peep. So kind of like that cute aesthetic. Mm-hmm. So just things like that. Gucci did a whole like doll show. One model even wore a mask down the runway and it looked like a doll face. It was kind of creepy. Mm-hmm. And my manager looked at him. She was really excited about all three, but she said, um, maybe you should merge Funhouse and Playtime. I really like this fantasy thing going on. So I was like, okay. So first, when you come up with a concept like uh, Dollhouse or Circus, then what's the next? So what you have in front of you is kind of like a a collage of like things that represent that. Is that basically like these are the feels that we're going with and then... Is the is the process to then incorporate that into into what like product package design or layouts or yeah so first you come up well you kind of have to be like with the trends already I mean like not like super into it but you kind of you can't be like oh I want to do I don't know dogs because I like dogs like mm-hmm. you would actually you would have to be like oh I've been seeing dogs so right. I think it's a trend um, and then after you get your ideas down you want to get your story like I said Bath and Body Works is a super storytelling 
brand. So they're like, oh, you should come up with an entire story about what your theme is around. So like for Funhouse, my idea was like, oh, yeah, this girl, um, I was like, oh, this girl goes to a circus and she really wants to go into their mirror maze. And then she wants some cotton candy and a donut because those are really popular at circuses. And then she wants to go on the merry-go-round. And so, and so, like, that's, like, a little mm-hmm. story. Yeah. And I'll so, put creepy music behind that. Yeah. So <laughs> and so you would pull, like, so she wanted to get cotton candy. That could be, like, an ingredient of one of the, like, um, scents that they do. Or a donut could be one of the scents they do. Or um, she wants to go on a merry-go-round. They could pull, like, the lights off the merry-go-round um, to do, like, glass-inspired products or, like, things like that. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then you, you so... You, you create a mood board based off of your story. Um, so you'll pull like a place. So like my circus, mine was a circus. So I would pull like a circus tent for my place. And then I would pull a girl. You Obviously you'd pull a girl. So for example, on my mood board, I have this girl and she has cotton candy in front of her face with a striped dress that kind of looks like a circus tent. And then you would have to pick like your color theme. And so on my mood board, I have these colorful circus show lights um, and they're very bright blues and greens and reds. So that would be my color theme. And it could also, like I said, for the glass could be an idea. Let's say one of these concepts, they said, okay, this is a winner. We want to proceed. Then after the mood board, when, when does it start to get into sort of a practical application for what the store is going to do? What, what, how does it manifest into that? Then, um, well, the thing that I did go with, for example, I pulled products that were already out there. Um, that fit into my theme. And obviously we, we don't copy completely, but it's like, oh, like we're going to take inspiration from this. Mm-hmm. So like, let's say we did go with my funhouse idea. I saw this, these nails and I'm like, wow, I really like the design that could really go well on a candle um, like pattern. Or I really like these like cakes that people have often at tea parties. I really like the shape. It kind of looks like it could be a bath bomb. Mm-hmm. Um, so things like that are like, oh, wow, I really like that tea set design. It could go really well on a candle. Yeah, I see. Okay. So things like that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just wasn't sure if it was like, well, we'll take our existing products, but we'll like change the packaging or we'll change oh. the layout, how they're displayed in the store. Which is what I was talking with Matthew about, you know, because he was doing interiors. So, yeah, just wasn't sure, like, how did, then what do you do with the theme? How does it yeah. sort of place itself into the store but it's actually in the products that are being sold? Yeah. Okay. So, or just like, and then, well, usually Bath and Body Works, they have like this aluminum haunted house. Um, so, but they were thinking, like, oh, if you went with the dollhouse theme, then we could have like maybe a creepy dollhouse set Mm -hmm. it up and we could have all these like little teacups around and maybe teacups are like candles or tea lights or um, maybe one of our scents is, I don't know, green tea, honey, you know, so Mm -hmm. it kind of all like it's all consumed by this concept. Okay. Yeah. So, but that is what I've worked on my entire summer. I can't tell you what I did go with, but it's very we'll have, exciting. So we'll have to go to Bath and Body Works in October of 2019 to see what you worked on. Yep. All right, cool. <laughs> well, we'll leave that cliffhanger there. Um, so aside from what you did, though, let's talk a little bit about like how you did. 
So what were some of the things that you were hoping to get out of the internship and how did it go and what were sort of the learning curves and kind of take us through just like how you, how you became successful in, in your position? Well, I got the call for the internship and I was super excited. The day before my internship started, I sat on my bed and I cried because I was so nervous. I was like, I'm going to bomb this internship. They're going to fire me within the two weeks because um, I applied for a design for to be a design intern. But what I got was a concept design intern. Mm -hmm. And my sophomore year, I got a C in concept class. And I was like, wow, that couldn't be any less perfect. Uh, I was like, I'm clearly terrible at concepting. So me being a concept intern, I'm going to bomb this. So pretty much the entire thing, I was really nervous. Um, but my team was super welcoming, super inviting. My manager was like, yeah, he's like, we encourage mistakes, make mistakes. That's how you learn. And so it kind of relaxed me a little bit. Um, but the things that I really wanted to get out with it, um, I was really bad at doing mood boards. In fact, I didn't really see the point in mood boards, actually, before I started my internship. Um, in classes, they'd be like, oh, do a mood board, do three, do five, do ten. And I'd be like, why would I do that? That's so boring. They're ugly and it's a waste of my time. So now, do you see the point of them now? <laughs> yes. Okay. That's, well, that's all I do in my internship now is just mood boards. <laughs> so <laughs> I kind of had to. Um, so I definitely saw the importance and I've learned how to make them according to Bath and Body Works because when going to school, they were like, do one entire mood board based on font, do one entire mood board based on color, do one entire mood board based on texture. And so when I started to do that, my manager was like, why do you have so many mood boards? He was like, yeah, he's like, the easy part is pulling all the stuff. He's like, but the hard part is narrowing down the best ones. Mm -hmm. So I only want like your best photos. And I had, I probably had a hundred photos pulled. He's like, I want you to narrow that down to eight. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I, I worked on that for like an entire week. I would look at two photos that were pretty much identical and I would really have to ask myself like why each was important and I had to break it down like oh like what goes with my theme the best even though they're both like cute and pretty like what would help out uh, my theme or what would help convey my mood uh, the best. Um, another thing that I really really wanted to work on was my confidence. Uh, clearly I cried at the beginning <laughs> of my internship so Obviously, I was like up that. from there. <laughs> <laughs> but um, being with my team, they're so inviting. And it's never like piercing eyes, like watching you present your idea or like judging questions or like, oh, like, you know, like disappointment. It's all a conversation, even if it's an idea that doesn't do well or it doesn't follow the trends or maybe it's not a good idea at all. They're still <clears throat> they're still like, oh, well. Clearly, you thought this was good. We just want to know why. And it's not like a, ew, why did you think that? It was like, a, oh, I'm like genuinely curious as to why you thought that. Mm -hmm. And so being with my team definitely gave me the confidence to say my ideas. Because um, at first I was like, well, you know, that's just me. I don't know. I don't know. I don't mm -hmm. know. It's just me. And uh, they're like, no, 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 your, your opinion matters pretty much the most, especially because I'm an audience that they don't reach. Mm -hmm. So like, no. We want to hear exactly what you're thinking, how you're thinking. And even if it's just you, it still matters because it probably isn't just you. There's probably like multiple people with the same idea. So that was really helpful. 
And then another thing I really wanted to work on was networking. Pretty much my entire freshman and sophomore year, I was like cooped up into my apartment doing homework or just like messing around. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know networking is a huge thing to be successful, especially in the art industry because it's so small. Being with Bath & Body Works, like I said, everyone is so inviting and so friendly. I've met so many people. I've made so many connections. They also encouraged me to use LinkedIn because before I thought LinkedIn was like old. I don't know why. I was like, no one uses LinkedIn. And they were like, oh, no, everyone uses LinkedIn. (laughs) Everyone. And I'm like, oh, well, I probably should finish my profile because I didn't have a profile picture. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like the third biggest social network or something. (laughs) I didn't know that. Kind of sleeping there in the background. Yeah, (laughs) I was because I looked at it and I'm like, I was like, that's not bright and colorful. It's probably old. (laughs) So but they definitely encouraged me. And in fact, one of my um, coworkers or one of the women that I work with, she's like, oh, she's like, you really like the beauty industry? And I was like, yes, I love it. She's like, oh, I know someone who works for Too Faced. She's like, maybe I could give you their contact. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, you can do that? She's like, yeah, don't forget to remind me before you leave. Like, I have to do that for you. So I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> how, how do you work with people? How did you learn to work with people? Were there challenges there? Was that a learning curve? What, what was that like? The culture at L Brands, Bath & Body Works specific, obviously, because that's where I'm working, is so not mushable, but when they hire people, they do a very thorough job of assessing people's personalities and assessing how it will fit into the brand. Um, in fact, like I asked my manager what my final project was because all the interns have a final project, and my intern or my manager was like, um, I don't know. We'll uh, we'll just make it what we want. And I was like, um, okay, that's kind of a weird answer. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, how many interns like have you had before? He's like, he's like, I've been here 18 years and you were the first Whoa. in my department. So I'm like, what? <laughs> um, and the fact that I went to interview for one position and they were like, we know you interviewed for that position, but after your interview and after looking at your work and how you like interacted with us, we think you would fit better in the concepts team and they've never had an intern before so it's not like they had like places on a list to pick it was mm-hmm. it was like they genuinely were like we really think you'll like it in this position so i think they do a really good job of hiring on people that work well together were they right yes i love it i've never had a problem with anybody my team is great i love them to death it's so fun and the fact that my summer has flied by it's not like i wake up every day and i'm like uh like, I have to go to work now. Like, oh, this is going to be so terrible. Mm-hmm. Like, I go in and I'm like, good morning. How are you? What are we doing today? Like, oh, it's already Friday. Whoa, okay, that was fast. Uh, so what would be your advice to a student that's, you know, a couple of years behind you that's thinking, wow, this internship sounds really great. I want to have an internship like this someday. I Well, first off, I love this internship. I encourage anyone and everyone, if they can, to intern for O-Brands just because they're so sweet to their employees and their associates. Specifically in my intern or in my interview, I came in, I was like, I was early. I came with my iPad. I like made an entire uh, resume slideshow for them. Um, Cause first rule, don't rely on the Wi-Fi because it can fail. And if that's the only way you're showing your work, 
it might not work out. <laughs> I, I feel like CCAD students are, are prepared on that one for <laughs> okay. Wi-Fi not to work. <laughs> uh, well, because well, I asked, I'm like, oh, what's the biggest thing that people come in that make a mistake when you're interviewing? Because I would talk to higher ups mm-hmm. and they'd be like, oh, they don't bring their portfolio. They just assume we have a computer for them or they just assume right. the Wi-Fi or they're going to have Wi-Fi. And there's nothing more awkward than you pull up, you're trying to pull up your portfolio and you're like, what's the Wi-Fi password or right. load or yeah. Right. So... Um, one, be prepared Two, while I was talking, I was like, oh, I asked so many people to review my portfolio and I took three weeks to like put together things that I thought would be best. Um, and I asked like five different professors. I asked like three other students and I, like I said, I worked on it a long time. So when they called me and offered the job, they're like, oh, we know that you wanted the design thing, but... The one thing that stood out to us was how much feedback you asked for and how much like um, how flexible you seem to be when getting feedback. So we think that you would be best in a concept team because they are so fast paced. Things change on a dime and um, it's rare for someone your age to be so accepting of negative feedback. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh. Well, cool. <laughs> like, thank God I asked a lot of people for help. <laughs> that must be the Gen X in you and not the millennial. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. But um, I think that was, but my, another intern that I talked to, she is also not a Bath and Body Works customer. And she was honest in her interview. She said, well, she said, I'm not a Bath and Body Works customer, but I'll tell you the things that I do like about them and the things that I think you're missing that would mm. really draw me in. And they were so ecstatic to hear her honest opinion of their brand because they don't want to hear, oh, yeah, I love everything about Bath & Body Works. Mm-hmm. No change necessary. Right. Yeah, so they're they're not hiring fans. They're hiring people that understand their brand right. for better or worse. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So they're, they're constantly trying to improve. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess if I was to give advice, one, always be honest. Don't be brutal, but be honest. Mm-hmm. And then two, I don't know. Try your best sounds kind of lame, but try your best. Yeah. And um, ask for feedback. Don't take anything personally Mm -hmm. because it's not about you. (laughs) (laughs) When you came to CCAD, did you imagine like someday I'll be working at a corporation like L Brands? Or did you think you'd be somewhere else? And after working at L Brands, has that changed at all? Like where you want to, the type of environment you want to work in or the space, you know, like do you want to work in retail? Do you want to work in a different space? Like how has your career ambitions changed because of this internship or not changed? Um, I don't know. When I first came to CCAD, I couldn't imagine working for L Brands. I mean, I could dream. I could be like, wow, that's so great. And actually, I almost didn't apply to the internship because I saw I saw the pay. I saw the brand. And I was like, L Brands. I was like, oh, that's Victoria's Secret and Bath and Body Works. I'm like, um, pff, I won't get it. Why mm-hmm. even apply? But I applied anyway just for fun. I was like, whatever. Why not? I'm not going to get it, but whatever. And uh, I got it. (laughs) But I've always loved retail. I worked retail all my high school life. Um, Like I said, I love the beauty industry. So I think Bath & Body Works was kind of perfect because it's a good good step towards the beauty industry. Um, I would say that my ambitions, my dream job still hasn't changed still want to be a designer for 
Bath and Body or not Bath and Body Works, a designer for a makeup brand, mm-hmm. a high-end makeup brand specifically. I think the one thing that has changed was my idea on concepting. Um, like I said, I didn't do very good in my concepting class. So I pretty much was like, well, I guess it's not for me. I guess I'm just bad. Like I can just stick to the vector stuff, but, um, yeah, maybe you should appeal that C. <laughs> it sounds like they got that wrong. If, if Bath and Body Works are so, so much potential in you. Right. You know? Um, but I was like, I hate concepting. I'm not, I'm not like super creative. That's why I like design. Cause it's all like what another person wants, not me being a conceptor for Bath and Body Works. And of course the concepting job kind of changes from place to place, but I have just fallen in love with concepting. Um, and everyone on my team is really passionate about it too. Cause they've all worked pretty much everyone at L brands has worked everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I first met my manager, he's like, you kind of got um, the lucky diamond here because every single designer wants to be in concepting. And I'm like, really? And in my mind, I'm like, really? I hate concepting. <laughs> so I was like, why? <laughs> he was like, because we're the most fun. He's like, we have the most creative freedom. Mm-hmm. He's like, we don't really have anything, you know, to lose. Like if the if one of our ideas like tanks. It wasn't really us. It wasn't up to us to like finalize it. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, so we pretty much have all the fun in the world coming up with the best ideas we can possibly do. Hopefully any other brand with a concepting team is similar. You know, sky's the limit kind of idea thinking um, because it has been the most fun I could ever think of working in a company. So I don't know. We'll have to see. Yeah, but, it, but you know you like the area of concepting now yes yeah and i still love makeup i still want to work for a big makeup retail brand well make sure you follow up with that so that person i know right have you have you not done that yet no not yet we've just been so busy well get on that so this is really great this it's good to hear your your insight about what it's like working in a place because i think students don't get to uh vision what that's like until they're there like you don't know what it's like to work until you work so being able to hear how you've worked is really, uh, really helpful. So thanks for sharing. And it sounds like you had an awesome time and you did some really cool stuff. And I can't wait to walk into a Bath and Body Works in October 2019 <laughs> and uh, see what you came up with. Me neither, honestly. I'm so excited. <laughs> well, thanks a lot. Thank you. All right, that's our episode for today. Thanks for listening, and thanks to Emma for sitting down and sharing her great experience at L Brands with us. We're going to be back with more interviews from other students that did summer internships later on in the semester, so keep tuned there. And if you're not already subscribed, make sure you're subscribed to our podcast on Stitcher, uh, iTunes, or Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or like us on facebook.com slash firstuhustle. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. Take care. Our theme is Jimmy H. Boogaloo by the Juanitos, Creative Commons license from the Free Music Archive.